It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn's wide receivers have fallen short up to this point this year. Is it on them? Is it on the quarterback? Is it on the coaching staff? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up this Friday with Daryl Dapperich, Montgomery Radio vet hanging out with us. We'll preview Auburn Sanford, give you our final thoughts. But I think everything about this game, Daryl, is still about Auburn. And can they get things right from the offense struggling as they did in Cal? And look, the wide receivers have kind of been the biggest surprise. You and I both agree that they've been the biggest surprise, obviously in a negative way, because how they've played so far. And I guess we need to get to the bottom of why they're playing at this level that they currently are, Daryl. Yeah, there's a reason for it happening. We can't we can't dispute that, debate that. There has to be a quantified reason that they haven't reached the potential. We thought we thought it was a weak room coming into recruiting, but we really felt, I did anyway, and I think mm-hmm. you did as well, that all did a really good job of addressing those needs, flipping the room, guys like Hooks and Shorter and some other guys that we thought like Camden Brown would take that next step. So there were some guys that were, etern- that were there already, existing players I thought would improve, and then we thought bringing in some guys from the outside would immediately make an impact. And I haven't seen it. And I think it can only be from one of three reasons that we'll discuss. Yeah, those three reasons are either it's them, they're not getting open, or they're not catching the football. It's the quarterback, they're either throwing them inaccurate passes or not looking their way or not throwing it to them. Or the coaching staff, we don't know the intricacies of every play that's called. We can guess based off of patterns that are run and where the quarterback looks first, but We don't know, despite somebody being open, we don't know if that's the fifth or fourth read and the quarterback's progression on that single play. So some of that we're going to have to guess on. But I want to start with opportunity, Daryl. The opportunity that these wide receivers have been given, and really only three of them have been given any sort of opportunity to catch the football. So I think this either comes from the quarterback or the scheme, probably a combination of both, But Jay Fair has been targeted 10 times through two games. Shane Hooks has been targeted seven times through two games. And Javarius Johnson has been targeted six times through two games. Outside of that, the number really drops. Malcolm Johnson Jr. was targeted twice, but both of those were from Holden Gurner. And they were doing mop-up duty. Those aren't relevant snaps. Caleb Burton's been targeted twice, and he didn't play against Cal, to to my knowledge. Amari Kelly's been targeted twice. No catches. Camden Brown's been targeted once. No catches. Jair Shorter was thrown to once against Cal. Has not had a catch. And if you would have told me Jair Shorter and Camden Brown did not have a catch for the first two games of the season, I would have called you a crazy person. Yeah, let's break this down a little bit and talk about the three things in, in far as targets and, and, and what the aspect is as far as opportunities. Number one, we heard in some preseason camps and scrimmages you freeze talk about wide receivers loafing 
not figuring their, not finishing their route. So that would be on them, not getting separation, not getting to the right spots, running the wrong route, loafing. That's on the receivers if they're not getting separation. The quarterback aspect of it is like, like the Amari Kelly throw to the back shoulder that he dropped on third down. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say that was a great throw. I've heard people say he led him too much to the sideline. This is where all this is pure conjecture and speculation. I don't know. I know where that ball is supposed to be thrown, but I don't know if Kelly went to the sideline too wide. I don't know. So that's the situation where is that a bad throw? Is the hooks throw that got picked off by Peyton Thorne? Two things can be true at the same time. That was a bad throw because it wasn't here, but Hooks got his hands on it here. So, again, this is where it's so confusing. And then the third thing is, are these routes too simplified? Are the route trees like we saw in years past where they're not diverse enough to – we've always talked about we want an offensive coordinator to draw up plays to get receivers open. Are we getting that? I don't know. In the rewatch, Daryl, I watched it last night. The guys were receivers were more open than I thought they were originally the first and second time I watched the game. I watched it specifically for okay, are guys open downfield? And the answer to that is yes. They they are getting open. Payton's just not seeing them. And some of it was he was under pressure, and some of it was it looked like the read of the first read for the play. The guy was kind of open. He would make that or it'd be a shorter pass or, or whatever it may be. But even like even the touchdown pass, and we talked about this with Jake Crane a little bit yesterday, but the touchdown pass to Jay Fair where he's crossing that, that that wasn't the right read. The the defensive back came off of Jarquez Hunter. Jarquez Hunter's wide open running a wheel route, and it would have been an easy touchdown. So thankfully, Jay Fair made a play, made a guy miss, and fortunately it happened the way it did. But I think these are all things that are going to get cleaned up. And so I don't know if the receivers have been given enough opportunity. I'm pivoting a little bit where I have been for most of the week. But, Daryl, I don't think the receivers have been given enough opportunity based on the targets, based off of where Peyton Thorne is looking consistently. I think this is what gets fixed with reps in practice and in the film room. And I think I'm, and I'm hoping something clicks in Peyton Thorne's head after watching this tape and they say, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. One of the main reasons and the most organic reason and simple reason why the opportunity is not there is the run-to-pass ratio. So let's be honest. If you Freeze decides to air it out Saturday against Sanford and go, you know what, I want to improve this passing game. I know what I have on the ground. I'm going to throw it 35 times. Opportunities go up. When you're 11 of 17 for 100, yeah. I mean – the targets, it, it's like a piece, it's a pie. And the piece there, so get the pie bigger and the slices will be bigger. So that's what I'm, that's what I want to see. When you talk about it being about Auburn Saturday, mm-hmm. I want to see them work on things they're going to need later in the year against better opponents. And one of that is get on the same page with the passing game. And I think the only way to do that, Zach, is more reps. Don't throw it 25, 30 times, throw it 35, 40 times. You know what you have in the running backs and work on the intricacies of the passing game. That'll create more opportunities. What are the odds Auburn does that on Saturday? I think it's pretty well, low. Well, here's here's the thing. It's a catch-22. They're going to run the football to, to establish dominance and line of scrimmage. If they do that and get up, you're not going to see them airing it out up 28 points. I mean, so it's a, it's a really – it's a double-edged sword. That's why I'd rather see them come out early 
throw it all over the yard. Listen, for those that were there, this is a perfect analogy. Not because I thought about it, because you sparked my brain a little bit, Zach. Oh. You said about that. Remember all year how vanilla in 2018 when Stidham was a senior, we all thought he was going to go nuts, and it was just hard to watch offensively. It was run-oriented. Route trees were elementary. And then they get in the bowl game against Purdue, and he looked like freaking Tom Brady. Yeah. And I'm like, where has this been all year? I want to see that kind of offensive game plan and scheme against Samford to put on film, to show others you can do it, and to breed confidence. Yeah, that 2018 offense should have been so much better. And this offense should be better than it has been so far. We'll see what happens next. There have been other surprises that have been positive. We'll discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. They've got all sorts of screening tools and kind of ways you can customize your job listing to make sure you find the exact candidate that you need for your business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Eddie's Calzone. They're located at 130 North College Street in downtown Auburn across from that new Target. And there's nothing like Eddie's. They've got specialty calzones, extra crispy wings, sides such as loaded curly fries and tots. Also, the coldest beer in town. And look, it's a later game, 6 o'clock kick tomorrow. Afterwards, a lot of places are going to close. It's just it's just the way it is. But if you're there late Friday night, if you're tailgating or you know you're, you want something delivered to your hotel, Eddie's is open till 4 a.m. Till 4 o'clock in the morning, people. So when everybody else is closed, uh, hit up Eddie's. Also, just go there anyway, and they'll deliver to your tailgate. It's awesome. So when you're looking for something different for your uh, your home tailgate, or away game watch party, you just have to have that late night hungries you can count on with Eddie's. You can find Eddie's on the web at eddiescalzoneauburn.com, eddiescalzonesauburn.com, or give them a call at 334-329-5111. Keep up with their specials on Instagram, Eddie's Calzones Auburn, Eddie's Calzones, wings and beer, open and delivering till 4 a.m. Daryl Dapridge, as we're dapping it up on this Friday, We've both got two different position groups that have kind of been pleasant surprises. I'll go first, Daryl, if you don't mind. With Nehemiah Pritchett being out and Kay and Lee being exceptional, an incredible corner does not look like a freshman, does not play like a freshman. The fact that there's been really no noticeable drop-off with a future NFL draft pick and Nehemiah Pritchett not playing because a freshman came in and stepped in and the corners have looked as good as they have. Props to the cornerback room. And specifically, props to UK and Lee. I did it again, Daryl. I did it again. You are muted. Go ahead, my friend. Um, that's a great one. And here's what's interesting about that is going into the season, I think it was like six on one hand, half a dozen on the other, the strongest rooms, position rooms. One was running back and one was cornerback. Both rooms have had significant 
guys not play Hunter for game one, Pritchett sure. for game two, and they haven't dropped off based upon a guy like Cobb stepping in and a guy like Lee stepping in. So I like that one a lot. That's a really good one. And you probably would have got me to change my mind had we not hit record already. The, se <laughs> the second one for me, it's linebacker. And yeah. here's, here's why we talked about Eugene Asante contributing and how, Look, I don't very I very rarely talk about rooting for somebody. You don't do that. You don't root against or root for. I just love this kid and everything he's been through. So I wanted to see good things happen to him. And he's been a monster. So this is a guy we were hoping to get in the rotation of four that's now your best linebacker. I also like the way Nixon played. Didn't play much in game one against UMass. But go back and watch the film against Cal. He was very instrumental in some good run stops against Cal. So linebacker for me has been the biggest – it was a question mark, and I think they have delivered because we thought Keys and, and Riley were going to be the two guys, and neither one of them are starting. So for these two other yeah. guys to come in and contribute is another situation that I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think uh, – I, I, I kind of expect a little more from Larry Nixon. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think he still has room to improve and get more comfortable – in this defense, which is encouraging, right? The fact that he's been able to be productive, especially against Cal, and I think we can get so much more out of him is good news. I think that's an exciting thing, but I, it still seems like he could be a little bit faster, especially in coverage. He's been targeted five times. Yes, and he's given up four catches of those five. So, like, when he's in coverage and thrown against, He's allowing, you know, an 80% completion percentage. Like, that's not great. That, but that's, that's, not his, that's not what he was signed to come to Auburn to do. I mean, I think we all knew so that was his Achilles. You still got to do well, it, though. Right. I mean, we all knew that was his Achilles heel. He's a run stopper. He's a thumper. He's not going to cover dudes out of the backfield. And if you're doing that on third down, you might have him mismatched. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But, like, other linebackers are doing a better job at that, and they're kind of thumpers, too. But I, I get where you're coming from. I yeah. just – this guy's played college football forever. I think he should have a little bit better feel in pass coverage. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But you Nixon hater. Uh nope, not that at all. I, love that. I know. I know. But I, I say all that to say is like I'm more surprised by Eugene Asante than I am the linebacker room, if, if that makes sense. It does. So, but Eugene's been great. And I Because think it's not only that he's playing, right? It's not only that he's getting reps, he's playing at a very high level. As high level as maybe Papo played at times and some of the other, you know, guys that, that played linebacker for Auburn in the 2020-19 season, that yeah. kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think that that's – not only is he such a, a pleasant surprise with the reps, it's the level. Yeah, I mean, he's playing at a draftable grade right now. Right. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. So, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, so, I mean, when you look at these position groups going into Samford – I don't know if there's really anything else that we would want from them, right? Like, I mean, I guess you just kind of want to keep things moving. And, I mean, we, we said we we're going to talk about injuries. Like, is Nehemiah Pritchett going to be back on Saturday? It sounds like he was really close to coming back against Cal. It was a game-time decision. And based off of the people I talked to, it sounds like it was in Nehemiah's hands. So the coaching staff was trying to get him to play. So does another week help him get to that point where he feels comfortable against Sanford? Because I don't want his first game back to be against Texas A&M. I'd really, really like him to play tomorrow. You can do that in a way that you let him play a quarter, quarter yeah. and a half to knock the rust off and then get him get him out of the game so that he's familiar back with some of that 
Ron Roberts defense and just kind of gets back in the flow. A, a quarter and a half is plenty, and then let Lee play. And get, that way you, you you best of both worlds. You rest him and keep him fairly healthy, but you also knock the rust off and get him some reps. Yeah. So I, I also want to see from an injury standpoint, you know, we've got some receivers that were, you know, the secondary besides Pritchett, J.D. Rim, you know, I don't think Kaufman will play. I think that he'll probably – that's he's already played two games. No reason to risk him. But I want to see the offensive line rotation stop. I know that I've kind of pivoted on this and I was all for it early on and you got to go fast. And so, but now it's seeming to not, there's a, there's a particular set of dudes that are grading out higher together as a unit than swapping it all out. So I I would say play a lot of people, but play them in particular grouping. So they get used to playing together Saturday. Yeah. I think we got excited about Gunnar Britton being able to do a bunch of things, but that's great for Gunnar Britton. And it's great for Auburn from a depth standpoint. If something happens, you can move Gunner around. But now I'm kind of in – I'm with you. It's like, okay, yeah, let's find the best five and let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, you, you don't see offensive lines kind of shake up a lot. It's not a wide receiver group. You know, it's just not right. how great offensive lines perform. So I'm with you. Um, we may see it against Sanford. I, I, I think the stuff that you see against Sanford and UMass isn't like what you're going to see – when they go to College Station next weekend. I, I, so, like, a lot of the stuff that happens tomorrow, I think you got to look at, like, individual traits and kind of say, okay, does this translate to what they would want to do in conference play? Because a lot of this stuff, you know, you're using these non-conference games for a reason. You're using them to tune up. You're using them to hopefully get better or at least learn more about yourself before you go into conference play. But, yeah, I mean, so you may... I, I say all that to say, like, you may see a rotating offensive line on Saturday, but you may not when they go to Texas A&M. And then another guy from a he- Auburn Healthy standpoint, you know, I, I saw uh, exact quotes by the coaching staff saying that Jalen McLeod played at 85%, but they need him at 85%. He's better than – well, that's – that's. I thought he played pretty well. So I'm really looking forward as far as Auburn being healthy – is he at 95% now against Sanford? What does that look like? What does that 10% jump health-wise look like in a guy like McLeod? Will he be coming off the edge, raising all kind of havoc for that quarterback for Sanford whose offensive line gave up like four or five sacks against Western Carolina? So him him taking a little bit of a health progression over the week as well is another question about where, where's he, what's he look like healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, he played 53 snaps against Cal. Yeah, like, yeah. he must not be too hurt, you know? Well, I think, it, I think, Zach, you realize it, too. You know it. I mean, at 85% from an athlete, from an athlete standpoint, that's about as – a lot of times that's about as close to healthy as you're going to get. I mean, if yeah, I could yeah. live my life at 85% every day, <laughs> day to day, I would be ecstatic, right? I'm going at about 60% at, at my – but seriously, 85% for a high-tuned, a tuned-up athlete like that, pretty good he gets to that next five ten percent you know we're we might see a decided difference yeah i I think so and look i mean you probably want to be better than 85 percent in week two and week three right but you know over the course of the season like 85 percent is pretty much what you're going to get from a health standpoint especially with Mm -hmm. those trench players yeah like mcleod all right what do we want to see specifically against sanford we discussed that in just a moment right here 
on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. You can get ready for the NFL season and the college football season by heading over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Right now, new customers, you can bet $5. You get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So uh, FanDuel.com slash Locked On and kick off the NFL season you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Daryl, De- This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Rich, final few minutes as we discuss Auburn taking on Sanford. It's a later game. I think that'll be good for fans, good for tailgating, good for folks that come into town. It's homecoming, which is always fun if you're into that sort of thing. But as far as on the field, I'm with you. I want to see Peyton Thorne, heck, Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner. I want to see them all passing it. Passing it beyond the line of scrimmage, beyond five yards downfield, and just saying, okay, we need to get comfortable with what this offense looks like when you're passing the football. And I don't care if you like have to get them to throw a pick or two and, and fans are going to overreact about that. But I think as far as the macro level, when you zoom out and look at the impact that this game could have on the season, as far as you preparing for Texas A&M the next week, let him throw the pick if you need to. If that's part of him learning what this offense needs to look like at game speed, I'm all for it. And I'm just asking all of you watching this, if bad things happen because they throw it more, it's okay. Don't panic. They've got to do it. And I think that's how they got to be Texas A&M next week. Yeah, I, you know, you probably have this information at your disposal. I didn't have time to look it up. But would you not say if you were if you were just or even if it's just ballpark and you have a hunch, would you say that Auburn's been about 60-40 run to throw this year as far as percentage of plays ran? That's, that's probably close. Okay. So I'd like to see 50-50. I'd like to see it go 10% in each direction. I'd like to see literally a true balance of them throw it as much as they run it. Saturday, tomorrow. So how many plays does that look like? I don't know. I mean, if, you know, you get 90 plays, you should throw it 45 and run it 45. I want to see what that looks like. I really want to see what that looks like. And just that's it. That's the simple answer to that without getting too complicated is throw it significantly more. And if you got to move the needle 10% from the run pass ratio that you've been doing to this point, do it to see what you have. All right. So UMass, it was 40 Three run, 30 pass. And against Cal, it was 33 run, 25 pass. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that lines up to about 
Yeah. So I'm with you. I, I just want to see him almost force feed it to Rivaldo, force feed it to Camden Brown. Let's give Jair Shorter a freaking reception, please, and thank you. And let's just start to see what this offense looks like when you complete, you know, 10 passes and a half. Like, let's let's just see what that looks like as far as confidence, as far as what it does for the uh, for the run game. How does it, you know, impact the morale of the receiving room? And I don't know, I, I just think there's a lot of, like, you know, human elements to this. Like, all of these receivers that have worked their tails off throughout fall camp. And, and look, I know Hugh Freeze has called a few of them out for, like, loafing and effort and all that. But that's not every play, and it's not everyone in the room. And let's right. get let's get some receptions to these guys who've been working their tails off and say, hey, this is all worth it. You're gonna get the ball eventually. And you know, Peyton kind of given the opportunity to reward those guys. I think that's the move. I hope they keep Peyton Thorne in longer than they normally would. And I hope they do less Robbie Ashford packages. I'd rather him just Robbie go in with the second offense or like what they did against UMass, pull Peyton, put Robbie in and run the normal offense and make sure he feels comfortable passing the ball downfield too. Let's give snaps to everybody, assuming Auburn has a big enough lead to do that. Key points to what you just said is, too, I don't – look, the, the the back out of the backfield has been there all year. We've talked about – we've hit on some to Austin, a key part of the game last Saturday night, but he missed one against UMass that Peyton Thorne got chewed out for when the defender came off the running back. You talked about the Jay Fair play – so consistently, the running back out of the backfield has been open. So we know that play works. I want to see the ball downfield a little bit more. In the seams, down the right sideline, left sideline, middle of the field, just let's go for some bigger plays down the field. Yep. Daryl Dapperich, how can people check out everything you've got going on, buddy? First of all, Sunday morning, me and you doing a reaction show after yes. the uh, auburn Sanford game. Love it. We'll be doing it a little bit earlier, which is nice. And then – Monday mornings on WANI and Tuesday afternoons, The Drive with Jacob Goins. And then obviously Twitter, DAP6410. Yep. And you can uh, follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Read all of our work at auburndaily.com. We will see you Sunday morning. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.